most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? <laughs> You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. Ooh, my goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. Hello, and welcome to the Fantasy Flex podcast presented by Prize Picks. I'm your host, Samantha Praviti. As always, we will be answering your mailbag questions every Thursday on this podcast, which you can submit to future shows to mailbag at actionnetwork.com. As always, I am so excited to be joined by my colleague, Brandon Anderson, who is an NFL and NBA writer here at the Action Network who you can find on Twitter at Wheaton Brando. Brandon, how is your pre-week 11 going? It's going great. You know, we, you and I both had a very good week 10. My Vikings got a big win over the Chargers. Your Panthers, Cam Newton is back. He's Cam back. Cam Newton, yes. I'm so excited. Everyone knows that I'm a big Cam Newton fan. So uh, two touchdowns in the first two snaps, no big deal. Uh, I'm really excited. And I'm excited for fantasy purposes because I think this is good news for DJ Moore. Yeah, I'm excited for Cam Newton too. I know we've got a couple of questions about him. So we'll come back to him. But I'm excited for the Panthers. I actually think that the Panthers could be very intriguing coming up. Like, the defense is p- playing great again. Now they're healthy. Christian McCaffrey is healthy and putting up his usual 100 yards a game like he does every single week forever. <laughs> Cam looks healthy for now. Maybe this was just like, just let him rest for half of the season. He, he'll he be hurt for the first half of the season and then play the second half of the season. So I don't know. I, I was looking this week. Tell me if I'm crazy. The Panthers are 300 to one to win the Super Bowl right now. 300 to one. So we played the entire history of the NFL six times more again. They only have to win one Super Bowl for us to win this bet. What do you think? Is Carolina a shot at this? You know what? I, I keep thinking that they are similar to the Washington football team last year, that they may limp into the playoffs because of their defense. And you know what? Washington gave the Bucks a good run for their money in that game, but I don't think they would have won the Super Bowl necessarily. <laughs> but that said, I think they have better odds than 300 to one. So if you would have put in that bet, I like that's it. Right. That, that's, that's me and my long shot bets. There's nothing I love better. And a 300 to one ticket that makes me look like a genius when it gets down to 125 to one before like getting shut out in the wild card round. That is my jam right there. So yeah, I agree. Washington last year, I think is the exact sort of team that they could be. And I don't know, you know, Cam Newton was MVP. Let's see what can happen here. I'd rather have Cam. I'd rather have the upside of Cam than my guy, Kirk Cousins. So at least you got that going for you. I mean, dude was like sitting on his couch like two weeks ago and now he comes out of, I mean, not retirement, but like it comes out of nowhere and actually looks pretty decent. So, yeah, he didn't get the start last week, but obviously that was decided before they signed him. And it seems unlikely, very unlikely that he doesn't start against Washington this week. So. I am excited about that. Um, I'm excited to not get a good draft pick this year and definitely not make it past the wild card round. <laughs> I feel like that is like the yeah. Panthers calling card. Yeah, I uh, not, not to rain on the excited Panthers parade. I would feel a little better about Cam Newton being back and healthy and looking good and then teaching Justin Fields on the side of like, so this is how we do this and look at this big play and mentoring. Please don't and rub this salt in my yeah, wound you know. right now. <laughs> but look, I, 
Cam Newton said, I think he said that just like a week ago, he was just home eating a bowl of cereal on his couch. So just this morning, I was at home eating a bowl of cereal on my couch. So Vikings, just uh, you've got my number. Give me a call. <laughs> if we need a Kirk Cousins replacement, we got a playoff run in us still. You know, let's, I was all-time quarterback when we played growing up. So <laughs> I think I could make some throws here. Well, maybe the Vikings don't need a quarterback, but our, the Lions might need a quarterback. So, I mean, you could you could definitely go out there. I think you're probably better than Tim Boyle or David Blau. That's true. I did need some plans for Thanksgiving, so I may as well get some <laughs> up and see what I can do on, you know, get some turducken. Only if John Mann comes, though. That is so funny. Well, anyway, let us jump into our segment, which... We've been playing this playhole drop, our PhD segment, which now we're going to flip it because in honor of the Yahoo trade deadline, which is fast approaching, it's this Saturday. That is the default one. Doesn't mean that everyone's leagues are like that. And then yeah, ESPNs and, and NFLs are different. So it's definitely all over the board this year. But uh, since we're uh, definitely approaching trade deadline season, uh, we decided to mix things up and do a buy, sell, hold. Um, so that hopefully that'll help you guys with, um, maybe some spark, some trade ideas. So Brandon hit me with some names. Yeah. I, you know, everyone likes to think of this time of the year as Thanksgiving season. To me, this is trade deadline season and Thanksgiving. <laughs> this usually like happens to fall around the trade deadline. So yeah, we wanted to get a few good names here. You so, are such a trade junkie. So <laughs> like, this is, you're, you're saying like F the stopping F the like, football traditions on Thanksgiving. I just want to make trades, inject them right into my veins. Yeah, absolutely. And while we're here down with Kirky, it's dry, it's bland, and it's boring. <laughs> just give me the sides. All right, let's look at some quarterbacks. I'm excited about this segment because normally we have to talk about trash players this entire list. And we're shooting a little higher here because we're hoping if you're trading and trying to stay competitive, that you're maybe getting ready for a playoff run, maybe trying to build up to a playoff run. So three quarterbacks, a little higher up the list this week. Russell Wilson, Jalen Hurts, and Aaron Rodgers. What do you think between these three? I'm going to say buy Jalen Hurts, hold Russell Wilson, and sell Aaron Rodgers, which may be spicy. So uh, the one that I feel pretty strongly about is Jalen Hurts, though. It hasn't always been pretty, and there have been moments that I've thought that Jalen Hurts will not make it through this season as the Eagles starter, but Hurts has finished as a top 12 quarterback in fantasy in all but one game this year. He is averaging just just shy of 55 rushing yards per game, which gives him a super safe floor. And he has multiple touchdowns in seven of 10 games. He also plays in a very soft division, the softest of this trio. And as a result, I think has the best schedule down the line. The Eagles face Washington twice and the Giants once in weeks 15 through 17. So I think that that's like super spicy to me. Uh, For Russell Wilson, I mean, For starters, I think it would be tough to flip him right now because he's kind of dealing with injuries. He had a, you know, long absence with this finger injury and then had a shaky week 10. So you can't really sell him. Uh, The Seahawks were shut out against the Packers and Wilson just completed 20 of 44, 161 yards, zero touchdowns and two interceptions. So with that in mind, um, since you really, really can't uh, move him, I think he is either a buy or a hold for me. He has another tough matchup on deck against the Cardinals, but I think the, the schedule softens up significantly after that. 
So you may have like a short window to to buy low on him, but I, I like Hurts better as the buy. And then Aaron Rodgers, nothing against Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I have things against Aaron Rodgers, but not in the fantasy. Lots of things against Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> but not, on, not the, on this question. <laughs> not on the fantasy side. He was obviously unimpressive in week 10. Uh, uncharacteristic. And I, I don't like to sell guys after uncharacteristically bad games, but I also think that his name would garner interest in leagues anyway. He's just QB 12 on a per game basis and doesn't have one game over 27 fantasy points, which I know is a high mark, but like a lot of these guys will put up these monster games once in a while. And he just hasn't had that monster game. It just feels like it's a far cry from this MVP campaign he had last year. So I would say I'd like to sell him if you can get something good for him. What say you, Brandon Anderson? Yeah, so I think the key name here that I agree totally with you on is the buy. I am buying Jalen Hurts. Yes, that means between Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, we're buying Jalen Hurts. This is fantasy football, not actual football. We want to win a game. I'm not taking Jalen Hurts compared to Russ or A-Rod, but this is fantasy. Hurts, you you had all the numbers. Multi-touchdown, seven of the 10 games, 8.5 rushing points a game in fantasy. So that's... Basically, like in most leagues where you're getting four points a touchdown, that's two passing touchdowns a game that he get he's getting where like a pocket pass or a Tom Brady or Kirk Cousins is getting no rushing points. So that's, you know, two touchdowns. That's 200 passing yards and a lot of league scoring. So it's a lot of easy points that are setting a high floor. I, I'm intrigued by the Eagles. They're a team that the last three weeks, so three weeks ago, they played the Lions. They ran like 46 times for 230 some yards and four touchdowns. And they're like, hey, that worked pretty well. What if we run some more? And then the last two weeks, that's what they've kept doing. They've, they've gone up to almost 42 rushes a game. They'd only been as a team at like 23 rushes a game, all the games before that. So I think they found something. I think they found an identity here. And it makes sense with Jalen Hurts. He's suddenly leads the league in air yards. So when he does throw, he's chucking it really deep. Like really the numbers the last three weeks, they look a lot like Lamar Jackson in fantasy. They're not the same player, but, you know, we know how valuable Lamar can be. So I like Hertz a lot. He, I think, is the guy. If, if I'm trying to get something that I can improve myself at quarterback because he doesn't have that name, but is, you know, the numbers are there. He's the one I'd get. Uh, I don't have a strong opinion between Russ and Rogers. I think that I would sell Russell Wilson. I think you would, too, if you thought you could get something for him. So I'm not really disagreeing with you on that. I just think. I'm not excited about him. The, the finger injury worries me. He didn't look great last week. The deep ball, that's his thing, and it looked off. He's struggling to take snaps under center, and I think that's going to mess up the Shane Waldron offense a little bit. He's not running much this year, only 100 rushing yards for the season, which is a little, little lost value there. So, yeah, it's, it's a sell low spot, but it, it's still a sell. And I think at this point you can kind of write off to like, oh, well, it was his first game back from injury and he was rusty and whatever. And it was, it was those things. I don't think he'll be that bad, but I'm not sure he's going to be awesome again. So I think you might be able to sell name recognition and kind of use the like, well, I, you know, I know I'm selling low, but it's the trade deadline and I need help elsewhere. Like you can kind of play it off a little bit. So yeah, the, the key here though is Jalen Hurts. Go get Jalen Hurts. I think he could really help your fantasy team down the stretch. You should definitely do like a column or something just on trade 
I, I guess, <laughs> strategy in just talking to people because like, it seems like you really have this whole sales pitch thing down. You, you missed your calling Brandon Anderson in, in being some kind of salesperson, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah I've, I think I've more than a few friends have told me that I would make a very nice used car salesman, which I don't <laughs> know if that's a compliment, but I think that it's the same thing that you're saying. <laughs> I think it's just that they think you have such charisma. But yeah, uh, I'm glad that we're on the same page about Jalen Hurts. Uh, it's one of those things that I think you can also capitalize on other people just thinking he's not a good NFL quarterback, too. So uh, yeah. definitely go out and buy him. All right. Hit me with some running backs. All right. Running backs. We got. James Conner, we've got David Montgomery and Cordero Patterson. These are guys kind of in that RB2 range. Pretty interesting here, up and down sort of names. What do you think between those three? So the sell for me is going to be James Conner. The best time to sell James Conner was last week uh, after his three touchdown monster performance. But the second best time to sell him would be now or after week 11 uh, because they have a good matchup. But Conner... Found the end zone in week 10 against the Panthers, though it was a far cry from his electric week nine showing. The Cardinals have a bye in week 12, so that's something to definitely be cognizant of. Um, And then Chase Edmonds isn't out for the season. He has this high ankle sprain, but he could make it back in time for the fantasy playoffs, which could make this backfield a committee once again. Now, I'm not like super low on James Conner, but if someone happens to be infatuated and enamored with these touchdowns. I think it's something that you could sell high on. Uh, The buy for me is David Montgomery. He is one of the least sexy names for fantasy, especially since he doesn't do a ton for PPR. Returned from injury in week nine and saw 13 carries for 63 yards and caught two passes. Um, You know, so if you were concerned that Khalil Herbert was going to siphon carries away from him, I think you can assuage yourself. He just saw four carries for 13 yards. So I don't think he's going to be involved too much. Montgomery has a nice uh, playoff schedule, I think. And with this Bears offense kind of turning a corner, maybe I feel like I'm going to say that and then eat my words. And like Justin Fields is going to have like 100 passing yards this week. But no, Um, with this Bears offense, maybe turning a corner. Fields had a lot of rushing yards in the the last in the last games. Um, So I think That'll definitely benefit Montgomery. So he's the buy for me. And then the hold is Cordero Patterson, uh, a guy coming off his worst game of the year, was injured, but he could play this week, which is kind of crazy, a very short turnaround with it being the Thursday night game. But he has been the fantasy Cinderella all year, a powerhouse when healthy. Uh, He scored seven touchdowns and has four games this year with over 100 scrimmage yards. The playoff schedule isn't amazing, but I think he's definitely worth hanging on to. Yeah, I, uh, I'm with you on Cordell Patterson. You know, it's Thursday. We don't know if he's going to play tonight. Maybe you know by now when you're listening. I kind of doubt it on a short week with that injury, but he should be back after that. We don't know how long Calvin Ridley will be out or if or when Ridley will be back. So the Falcons need weapons. They need guys. I suspect if Patterson doesn't play and we get a lot of Mike Davis that we're going to all remember exactly why Cordell Patterson is playing a lot and we're going to want a lot less of Mike Davis. Um, so, yeah. I would hold on him. I don't think you can really sell when he's hurt right now, but he's been solid. He was a sell high earlier in the year. He's kind of proven at this point that he's going to stick around. So hopefully the injury doesn't linger too long. I think that I am slightly leaning the other direction on the other two names, though. I think it's close. And it, it really, frankly, it probably depends on as you're shopping your names around, like what are people buying? What are they selling here? Like who are they interested in? 
So my thought is this: James Conner, 12 touchdowns the last eight games. Chase Edmonds with the ankle sprain, like it should be fine after the bye week, but the high ankle thing can linger. Kyler Murray still has his ankle thing. So that's a goal line threat that maybe they try to run him a little bit less, protect him. The thing we know about Connor is he's a power back. He's the one guy they have that's like human sized. Everyone else are all the little tiny guys running around making speedy plays. And then they bring in Connor in the second half. They're like, boom, hitting him. It's like, it's like their Derrick Henry that they save for the second half. He gets the touchdowns. So I don't know. Like, I don't, I'm not super excited about him, but I think that that's why you could buy him. Like, if you're just trying to just get somebody that can fill a spot in your lineup, the same reason, Samantha, that you said, yeah, I think I'm going to sell him if I not keep it up. I think that could mean, I, I agree, but I think that he's attainable. Like, I think, I think that, you know, you could get him. You could get James Conner. I think he'll be fine. He's going to keep getting touchdowns. I think he's leading the league in touchdowns right now. So, yeah, I, I think he'll be fine. David Montgomery, I'm a little worried about. His, his only really two good fantasy games came against the Rams and the Lions, both of whom have had pretty awful rushing defenses this year. So hopefully he's healthy, and the Bears certainly like to run, and his numbers should be good. But I feel like I could talk someone into David Montgomery's trade value as a higher thing here. So yeah, it, it's, it depends on your team, I think. It depends on your league mates. I think Montgomery has the upside. If you want to take a swing and try to really go for it, I think Montgomery is the guy to go for. If you are trying to sell and improve your team elsewhere and just trying to plug a hole, then I think you get Connor. So I don't know. I feel like I didn't answer the question. Maybe I answered 14 versions of the question, but I think it depends a little bit what you're looking for. Yeah. I also think like, obviously all of these things have nuance that it's going to be like what another person values that person that that player at so james connor i mean if someone if the manager happens to be or like if someone happens to value that person and thinking like oh well they're like not worth worth too too much for me because chase edmonds is coming back james connor is going to have a role regardless in this offense so if you're if you're you know talking to the manager that has james connor and they think that he's going to just drop off the face of the earth. And certainly that makes sense to pursue him. That makes sense. All right, let's do some receivers. I like this one. These are some intriguing names, not three receivers that we would have expected to be in the same little grouping even a month ago, probably. So we've got Marquise Brown, we've got Michael Pittman, and we have DeAndre Hopkins. What do you think about those three receivers? Ricky Hopman, like he's the one that doesn't shouldn't be in this tier, but he is. Yeah. Like this, it, this is not the friend group he tells me hanging out with. You know, <laughs> I mean, it stinks. So he's going to be the hold for me because you can't really flip him right now for anything. He's missed two games, probably on track to miss another. He missed practice on Wednesday. I don't know. By the time you're listening to this, maybe he may have missed practice on Thursday too. That said, I want to hold on to him given he is he just has crazy high upside when he's healthy. He's in the best offense and arguably the best passing quarterback of the trio. He is a major red zone target. He didn't have like a ton of targets, but, you know, scored seven times in the first seven games. So he's definitely falling into the end zone and he's the best uh, playoff schedule, in my opinion, of the group. Uh, So I think like if you can hold out whether this like absence and week 12 by, I think he's worth hanging on to. Now this group is just like really tough because every one of them, I actually really like, like I love Marquise Brown. I love Michael Pittman. Pittman, hmm, 
I'm going to say sell him. He has been having one of the quietest year two breakouts this year. He's been extremely consistent for fantasy, uh, double digit fantasy points in half PPR in seven of 10 contests. But I think he has the harder playoff schedule and the lowest upside just kind of being in the Colts offense. Um, also has a week 14 buy. So that could be really dicey mm. if you're trying to eck into the playoffs. Like if you are that like last person that's six spot or something like that, <laughs> that could be dicey. So I'm going to put him in the sell category, but obviously depends on what you can sell him for. And then by Marquise Brown. He was quiet in week 10 against Miami, reeled in six of 13 for 37 yards, but it's a small blemish on what has otherwise been a really strong fantasy season. He's currently wide receiver nine and half PPR on a per game basis. And Rashad Bateman is back and Rashad Bateman has looked good, but that said, his uh, Browns targets have actually gone up since Bateman has returned or sorry, joined the team rather. So I think Bateman could take away some of the scoring potential, but I think Brown's going to remain the number one. So I really, really like him. If you can kind of buy low just because he had a crappy week, I would say go after it. Yeah, I agree. Marquise Brown is, is the pun intended, I guess. He's the marquee name on this list. <laughs> so since December until now, December of last year. So obviously we're counting a few of the games at the end of the year. It's 15 games. His totals are 78 catches, 1,057 yards, 12 touchdowns. So in those 15 games. Is that games, good? That sounds good. Yeah, seems good. 12 touchdowns is pretty good. So a touchdown in 10 of the 15 games too. So, you know, it's interesting because Marquise Brown, if I think of what I imagine him to be, he's the exact sort of receiver that I normally don't want in fantasy because in my head, I think of him like a Deshaun Jackson, like a prime Deshaun Jackson, where it's like, okay, we get last week, three catches for 30 yards or whatever it was. And then we get that again this week. And then the next week you get five catches, 200 yards and three touchdowns, and then back down again. And I don't like fancy players like that. Like you win the one week that they have the good one, but they're really hurting you the rest of the games. And I prefer the higher floor guys. That's not Marquise Brown though. Marquise Brown has shown when he's getting these touchdowns, 10 out of 15 games and consistently getting yardage most weeks, he's had, I think, only like three off games this year and then a lot of good ones. And in a, in a running offense, uh, Lamar Jackson's yards, we've talked about him a lot. It, it, he's going to keep producing. So Marquise Brown is clearly of these three, the guy that you would want. And I think because he's a Ravens receiver, because there's that perception of him, you might still be able to buy and get some value on him, especially coming off that bad week. So. Definitely a guy I'd want to get. Um, I, I largely agree overall here. The problem, I agree with Michael Pittman, is the guy of the three that I would least want on my team down the stretch. He sort of is the James Conner of this category here. Like, I think he's a solid play. Like, I don't feel bad about it. I'm happy to have Michael Pittman. I'll keep him. I'll put him in my lineup. He's going to be hopefully my third receiver. He's just going to keep doing his thing. Um He's not a name that you're probably going to get a lot for in a trade. So that's the problem with selling him. I, I wouldn't mind if, if this is my receiving core, if I have these three guys, I think that I would actually end up trying to sell DeAndre Hopkins. I'm not sure Pittman is going to be much worse than Hopkins. Maybe not at all. And Hopkins is going to for sure be the, the sexier name and get some attention. So in a trade value, I think he's going to have a little more trade upside. Only 45 targets for Nuke in those eight games that he's played. Just, it's not what he once was. Like, 
Hopkins, here's the things you're counting on. Number one, he's got to get healthy. Number two, Kyler's got to get healthy. Uh, number three, you have a bye week still to come. So you're losing a value there, depending on if you're pushing for your playoffs, that's important. And all those things matter. But then the thing on top of it is he wasn't DeAndre Hopkins before all of that. He was just Michael Pittman before all of that or, or another similar receiver. Like the Cardinals, now that they're really good, the thing with being really good is it means James Conner gets touchdowns and Chase Edmonds runs the ball and Rondell Moore and all these other guys are getting catches. It's great for Arizona, not so good for DeAndre Hopkins. So I think it's going to be terrible. I certainly take Hopkins on my team. If he's playing, I'll put him on my team. But yeah, I think I'll switch. I think I'll go with him as the sell just because I think there's going to be name value there. You know, you get your name brand. Michael Pittman, he's kind of like the Walmart brand. You know, you just you can go get him. I think he's a nice hold. Keep him around. Keep him in your lineup and improve your team elsewhere. I think you may have talked me into this. It's it's really just if if you can get anything for him. Maybe I'm being a little yeah. too pessimistic, but you're right. I mean, the name does carry some cachet. So certainly is something that I would pitch to someone if I could. All right, um, let us wrap up with tight ends. Yes, finally, some real tight ends. After weeks and weeks of talking about (laughs) Dan Arnold every week, we get to move up the ladder a little bit. So we've got TJ Hawkinson, Kyle Pitts, and Darren Waller. So if you don't have Travis Kelsey, these are probably about the best that you can hope for these days. So what do you think between those three? Which one are you hoping to hold on to down the stretch? And I mean, these are all top six <laughs> locked in guys that we all felt really good about drafting. And, you know, some of them have been not, not so great. Like Darren Waller, he's been a very frustrating case for fantasy. Okay. Dude saw 19 targets in week one. And like now he's just had like, I mean, the, the targets are there, but the production's not. And it's just really, really frustrating because you do need him to compete and produce at that elite level to justify kind of what you paid for him. So he should have feasted on the chiefs defense in week 10, but caught just four of seven targets for 24 yards. Like that's just not going to cut it. He has by far the softest schedule down the stretch though. And I think his production will come in time. So I like him as the buy just because it feels like you're kind of buying him at his nadir. Uh, Kyle Pitts is the hold for me. And maybe this is a little biased because I am a Kyle Pitts person, (laughs) but he has been up and down this year, but has shown life in this offense in spite of a struggling Falcons team. Uh, people were really eager to write him off after this slow start, but the reality is he's tight end seven on a per game basis. Like he was drafted in that tight end four to tight end six tier. So like, yeah, it's not amazing, but it's also not a bust. And He has at least six targets in every game, but one this year, two 100 receiving yard games. And he has just one touchdown, which makes me feel like he could be due for some positive regression. So he is the guy that I want to hold on to selling TJ Hawkinson. Now I do like TJ Hawkinson. It might be a little hard to move him after laying a goose egg in week 10, failed to catch his lone target in that game. And he, but he has more finishes outside the top 12, then inside of it, Detroit doesn't have a particularly difficult schedule down the stretch, but 
I am really fine with deleveraging myself from this offense, which may be led by Tim Boyle, who is taking first team reps while Jared Goff is out with this oblique injury. So not a super exciting prospect for Hawkinson. So if you can sell him to someone, I would definitely consider it. Yeah. Tim Boyle is an accountant. If we ever have heard <laughs> of an accountant on here, maybe it's just Tim's. I think Tim Patrick is their other accountant that we like to talk about. So, yeah, I think of these three, TJ Hawkinson is the guy that I am least interested in. Like, look, let's be honest. The, the idea of selling here is relative. Not, people are knocking down your door to grab TJ Hawkinson or Darren Waller off of your hands. So you're probably not going to get a ton here. I think if you're really trying to make a big move to sell off a tight end, I think Kyle Pitts is probably the only name that you can actually sell to get something out of it. So I'm just going to kind of treat this one more as like, okay, who do I like best? Who do I like least? Just because, you know, there's not a lot of tight end trades, even for a guy like me. You know, if you can get your Tony Gonzalez, your Antonio Gates, your, your maybe Travis Kelsey, if last week is back again, that's the tight end you trade for. Maybe you get one of these guys like an, a throw-in. Like if you actually want to trade for a tight end, here's my advice to you. If you want one of these guys, don't make the trade offer for them. Make a trade. I like pick a running back on their team that you basically like the same as running back on your team, but that maybe they might think your guy's better and then put the tight end in there too. So that like disguise your trade. If they know you want their tight end, you've played your cards too easily. So disguise it, slip the tight end as like the second guy in there. So that, that's my advice. Um, I think I like Darren Waller as the safest floor of this group. You know, the targets are there. Kyle Pitts is the upside play. So this is the flashy name. The stat of all these guys that I like is Kyle Pitts, 40 catches, 606 yards. The math on that tells me over 15 yards a catch. So Kyle Pitts, what we liked about him in the draft is that he's kind of a receiver disguised as a tight end. And guess what? They don't have any receivers. So he's really a receiver disguised as a tight end. So again, thinking about what your team is, if you just, if you've got a couple of tight ends, you know, trade one away, Pitts is the name to trade away. If I'm trying to get a tight end, especially if I'm like, all right, I just need to take a swing. I need some upside. Pitts is the name that jumps out as like, okay, he could really have some hundred yard games. He could really do some stuff down the stretch here. So yeah, I think for the question, I would say hold Darren Waller. I think he'll be very steady. He'll be fine. I would buy Kyle Pitts if I'm trying to get it. And I would sell TJ Hawkinson. So I think we came out the same, but I did get to talk about tight ends a lot. You are out here playing some 3D Illuminati <laughs> chess with your trade offers and whatnot. I think it's hilarious. You definitely should do some kind of article or just advice because a lot of people find it really hard to trade, including myself. I'm like, I'm really awkward about it. I don't know how to really like send good trades. I do, but I, I just, it, it gives me anxiety is what I want to say to send yeah. trade offers and stuff. But so like with your uh, vast experience and uh, sort of knowledge of the human mind, you should definitely give out some advice. Well, so here, here's my one other piece of advice. Cause I think we're, we're wrapping this now and it, you know, you've got your trade deadline this week. So my, my main advice, if you go into a trade, especially if you're the one initiating, which, you know, that's me. I like to be the one initiating the trade talk. It's easy 
to go into a trade thinking, how do I win this trade? How do I get the guy that I want from this trade? Of course, you're thinking that. Do think that. That's the point of the trade. You should want to win the trade. But that other person, they're a person. They also want to win the trade. So you've got to think about it as, okay, how do I help them win this trade? Or at least make them think that they're winning this trade. And I don't mean like lie to them and try to manipulate and whatever. But like think, you know, we just went through a lot of good things about all these players. With Michael Pittman, if he's the guy that you're selling, he's got selling points. You can look at the roster, like look for a team that really just needs a solid second or third receiver. And you just be honest, look, I know Michael Pittman's not sexy, but he's had 12 fantasy points or more in PPR leagues, eight of the 10 games. Like he'll plug your lineup hole. I could use another running back and I've got extra receivers here. What do you think? Like when you go into the trade, start by not here's what I want, but here's how I can help you. Here's the deal. Here's why this can help your trade. And I think, you know, that like that can sound manipulative, but I think if you're just genuine about it, then that's a really good place to start your trade. And it kind of takes down that like awkward initial barrier. And, you know, like people like to feel like they're helping each other out. And, you know, I think that's a good, good place to start for a trade. So try to think about what the other person want for their team and how can I help them. And two, if you know that they're a Vikings fan, offer them a Viking, you know, like yeah. learn about your league mates. If they happen to be a stud running back person, offer them a running back, you know, like take advantage of what you're seeing in front of you. So yeah, that's, that's my last trade advice for the year. I have to go back into trade hibernation now until next year. (laughs) Very funny. Well, all of us could use a little more used car salesmen in our lives. (laughs) Um, All right. Let us just jump into mailbag questions. So first question comes from Dale. He would like to know, would you trade Hunter Renfro and Javante Williams for AJ Brown? Interesting. I like all three of these names a little bit. What do you think about this trade? I was literally just going to say I like all three of these guys. <laughs> and so that's that's a little tough, I think. Uh, I, th- I like the trade. Uh, Williams is an interesting case because his snap share has actually been going up while Nevlin Gordon's has been going down. So I think that's an interesting thing to capitalize on if you want to keep him in your lineup. But that said, he's only had three finishes inside the top 24 and a half PPR. So I kind of doubt that you've been starting Williams on a weekly basis if you're in contention for the playoffs. That's not like a super crazy take, but like you could be, you could be, you could be just like really strong at receiver or whatever. But I kind of doubt that you are um, using him every week. Renfro is also interesting because I like his rest of season value, obviously with Henry Ruggs out of the picture. And he's been a monster in terms of just consistent targets. He remains the alpha with, you know, like, Brian Edwards will be involved, but you know, Brian Edwards will also like goose eggs. So I don't, he's a guy I don't like, but uh, I think his presence also does cap Renfro's at kind of like that low end wide receiver too. It kind of keeps him from jumping up to that next tier. So AJ Brown, I feel like you're, you're buying at a very low point. He's definitely had two off weeks, but he's got the Texans this week. So I like that as a bounce back spot. So I'm going to say I would like this trade. Yeah, this one is interesting because like I said, you know, both of us, we like all three of these names here. So Javante Williams in particular, he's a running back that I would be looking to trade for in leagues just as, as a flyer with upside. Like, you know, in fantasy, we know 
every year we get to this home stretch and you get just a few of those, usually like backup or younger type running backs that break through and end up being top 10 guys, league winners for your team. Javante Williams, to me, seems like a possible candidate for that sort of player. Just the way he runs, he seems to have like a highlight run once a game. He just, he, he runs mean, like he's, as teams are getting tired and the weather is getting colder and it's Denver, like, I just feel like it's easy to see Javante Williams step forward, especially if Denver starts to slide a little bit out of the playoff picture. It makes sense to do a little bit less with Melvin Gordon, more with Javante Williams. So I like him. I like Renfro for the reasons you said. At first, that makes me think, man, I, obviously A.J. Brown, he's the name here. Obviously, you want A.J. Brown, but I hate to give up these other two guys who I like. Then a good way to think about trades sometimes, flip it around. If I have A.J. Brown and someone offered me Javante Williams and Hunter Renfro, what would I do? I would decline so fast and I would laugh while I did it. And I would probably write an angry email like, get your trade offer out of here. Come on. A.J. Brown is my like second or third pick. This is my star. Don't be offering me a slot receiver and a backup running back. Come on. Like for A.J. Brown, you have to get more than that. So it, it helps to think about the other side. So if you can get A.J. Brown for these guys, like Renfro might be good. Javante Williams could be really good. A.J. Brown is good. So get A.J. Brown. And I think that's how you have to make the decision on that one. It's, it's yeah, it is definitely an interesting trade. Like, but the way I see it, like I said, Williams to me is like the bench player that you're stashing, hoping that he has that breakout. But and then you're you have a wide receiver, too, at best. And you're trading for a wide receiver one. So to me, that gives me that gives like way more utility, especially if you're making a push for the playoffs. So, yes, I like that trade. All right. Next question. All right. Let's hear from Kenzie. They would like to know, can I drop Khalil Herbert? What do you think? (laughs) Is Herbert's season over? Ooh, I, I think I'm fine with dropping Herbert. Yeah. I mean, he was a total dud in week nine with David Montgomery back. And I just I think that was just premonition of things to come. This is Monty's backfield. And Montgomery saw over three times the rushes that Herbert saw. And he's just been a I mean, I don't know. I think he's ro- worth rostering if you have a deep bench, if you want an insurance policy type guy. But he's just not sexy to me and he offered he's like one of the in backup guys who just has a near zero upside when their starter is healthy like there are some guys that i mean like tony pollard or something like that that do actually have some standalone value but herbert has no standalone value for me so i am okay with you cutting bait with khalil herbert yeah i agree i don't have too much to add it's it's uh you know we had a good run you got some nice value out of khalil herbert and you know, if Montgomery gets hurt again, you can pick Herbert back up again. I don't think there's too much to lose here. Of course, always can you drop someone? It depends on who you're picking up. Like, don't drop some, don't drop Herbert just to get rid of him. But yeah, I think I think it's time for him to go. And yeah, I've got another question about Herbert here. Different Herbert from Jason. Jason wants to know at this point is Justin Herbert just a bench streamer? Too good to drop to waivers, but too inconsistent to start each week. So what do you think about this, Herbert? I think your assessment is correct that he is like that bench guy that you don't want to cut because of course he's going to be picked up. Like, I hate that when you drop a guy and he's like immediately (laughs) picked up, it makes me feel so gross. But yeah, I mean, but he's also 
not been super, super consistent. That said, he's one game removed from finishing at the QB two for the week. Uh, he tossed 300, 356 yards in that game and three touchdowns. I understand the frustration that he hasn't been super reliable, though, because he has more finishes outside the top 12 than he has inside of it. He has a difficult schedule coming up in the near term against Pittsburgh and Denver, but it softens up significantly weeks 14 through 16. They've got the Giants, Chiefs, and Texans in that span. I mean, I hate rostering two quarterbacks, but it might be worth it just for like to play him in the right spots. What do you think, Brandon? Yeah, Justin Herbert is very frustrating. You definitely can't cut him. You got to keep him around, even if it's keeping a second quarterback. He's definitely in the mix. Like, look, you said weeks 14, 15, and 16, which, uh, by the way, are those, are those important weeks in fantasy football? Do those weeks matter? In important. Fantasy? Yeah, they, yeah, they matter. Yeah, so Giants, Chiefs, Texans, that's looking pretty good. So you want to keep Herbert around for that. Do you, do you know how mad you would be if you cut Justin Herbert and your opponent picked him up and played him against you, against the Chiefs, against the Texans in your playoff matchup? Like, you don't want any of that smoke. So you can't cut him. You got to keep him around. It's frustrating. So I'm on the Action Network podcast with Raheem Palmer. And Sunday night for Monday's episode, we talked about who do we trust at quarterback? Who would be our top 10 quarterbacks the rest of the way? Not fantasy, just like right now, our team can have a quarterback. Who do you trust? I had a hot take. I had Justin Herbert fourth on my list. I think Justin Herbert is actually playing really, really good football. He's diming it up. He's hitting receivers. You know, he's, he's young. He's making a few mistakes here and there. I think the problem is Joe Lombardi, the offensive coordinator, is really holding that offense back. Like he's, he's like, hey, I know what's good. I played with the Saints the last decade. Let's do the Drew Brees offense. You know, the one where we do these short little accurate passes with the noodle arm that throws five yards. Let's do those. No, you have Justin Herbert. Throw the ball 30 yards down the field, like build it around your guy. The problem is that's not getting fixed in the next week or two weeks or three weeks for fantasy. So we had to deal with both sides of it. So, yeah, I think that you keep them and then you play the matchup. And luckily, the schedule you talked about. Don't play him against Pittsburgh. I don't like it at all this week. Don't play him against Denver. Keep him and play him in those Giants, Chiefs, Texans. It's just, you know, if you don't have a superstar quarterback, next best thing is have a few guys and play the matchups. And, you know, I, I don't mind if the matchups make it pretty easy for me. And I think that the matchups make the Herbert decision pretty easy. So, yeah, on a buy, sell, hold sort of thing, you're not going to get much for him. You can't cut him. You got to hold on to him. And, you know, he's a very talented guy. He's going to have some of those big games. And I think that you might get some of those games to come still. I have a follow-up question. Did Kirk Cousins make your top 10 list? Do you think that Kirk Cousins made my top 10 list? Do we really? Hey, I, haven't, top- I haven't seen this top 10 <laughs> list, Brendan. So I'm just asking questions. So Kirk Cousins, I'm trying to remember, he did not make my top 10. He wasn't far off, though. He, he was something like 12th or 13th. Um, I had a very clear top eight that ended out with my bottom. My top eight was Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, only because those guys are injured. And it was a pretty big drop. And then Ryan Tannehill led a group of a bunch of Ryan Tannehill sort of guys, which Kirk Cousins is one of them. So yeah. yeah, Matt Ryan, like all, you know, a Ryan, Hey, look, we got a Ryan into the show. So Kirk was kind of in that mix. It, it's those guys. It's the worst. They're the worst guys because you have them and you're like, we're winning. We did good. We won games. We're 10 and six. Let's make the playoffs. 
And then you're like, oh, but we have Kirk Cousins. So glad we made the playoffs, but now we have to play those top eight guys because they're all in the playoffs. That's how this works. So they're very frustrating. No, thank you for reminding me. Kirk Cousins did not, in fact, make my top 10. Fair enough, Brandon. Well, why don't we do our prize pick segment? How does that sound? All right. Uh, Next up here on the Fantasy Flex is our Elite Entry segment, where Brandon dives into the Prize Picks app to build some entries. He identifies some markets he likes, you build your own Prize Picks entries, and all of us have a little fun and make some money. So today, we are going to look at Thursday Night Plays for Week 11 on Prize Picks. This is going to be a fun Thursday night game, a Super Bowl 2017 uh, showdown. Uh, Obviously, a different quarterback for, for the Patriots, but could definitely be a fun one. So Brendan hits with some plays you like. Yeah. Can we please get an Atlanta 28-3 lead? Like, do you have oh any idea? Oh my God, idea? please. The internet, would, the internet would melt. The internet would be over if we got a 28-3 lead. So yeah, unfortunately, I don't really love Atlanta's chances of scoring 28 points in this game. I'm not sure it's going to happen. So like always, I kind of like to think about what's the angle on the game here? What are we looking at? So Atlanta is missing Calvin Ridley. I think they're going to be missing Cordero Patterson. We don't know yet. And right now, both teams have have running back issues. We don't know if Damian Harris will play either. I'm assuming they're both out. There are no really rushing props. or There are no really rushing angles you can play on on prize picks right now. But What do you have against um, Mike Davis and Wayne Gallman? What do you have for Mike Davis? You're a Panthers fan. (laughs) Tell me about Mike Davis. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. So here's the here's the thing with Atlanta. Matt Ryan actually is playing pretty well. Matt Ryan almost made my top 10 quarterbacks as we just talked about it. He was number 11, I think. So I like Matt Ryan, but the Patriots' pass defense has been awesome. Like, they have been absolutely elite lately. There's no Cohen Ridley. There's no Carol Patterson. There is a Kyle Pitts. And it'd be very tempting to be like, well, if Patterson is out too, all in Kyle Pitts, that's who we're going to force feed to. Guess what? Bill Belichick also thought of that. Bill Belichick has made literally a decades-long career out of saying, what's the thing you do? You don't get to do that anymore. So I'm going under on Kyle Pitts multiple ways. I'm taking the under on Kyle Pitts fantasy points. I'm taking the under on Kyle Pitts receiving yards. The, The Patriots, not only is Pitts the obvious thing that they had to take away, the Patriots are number one in DVOA against tight ends this season. They've only allowed under 31 receiving yards a game to tight ends. So Pitts under 52 and a half receiving yards. I know he's had 60 or more in four of the last five games. That's why we're going to win. We're going to take everyone else's money while they're playing the Cal Pitts overs. Our overs have not done so well on Thursday nights. Thursday seems like an under sort of night to me. So Cal Pitts under receiving yards. If he goes under that receiving yards, we're going to have a great chance to go under the fantasy points. Basically, we just not need just need to not get a touchdown. So He's under 12 fantasy points in six of nine games, almost seven. He's four yards away from another one. So double under in Kyle Pitts. Not much else to play from Atlanta. The way that the Patriots are playing, uh, the last five of the last six games, Mac Jones has gone under the passing line here, 235 and a half yards. And also, probably not coincidentally, the Patriots have won five of their last six games. Not the exact same games there, but they kind of figured the formula out. Run the ball. The offensive line is getting healthy. Trent Williams, or sorry, Trent Brown is back. And, you know, the Patriots, they figure this out. Really good defense, great line, run the ball. Let Mac Jones just kind of, like, look, let's not overreact to Mac Jones. He's been very nice. He had a great game. 
He's a good system quarterback right now. That's not a diss. He's a rookie. Rookies are not supposed to be good at that. He's doing well at that. But let's not go overboard. We're going to fade his yards because they don't want him passing a lot. It's the Falcons. Just run the ball, play some defense, and get out of here with our win. So, under passing yards. And if you want a fourth one, kind of in conjunction, Jacoby Myers, under 10 fantasy points. He was under in five straight games before last week. My guy, Jacoby Myers, there is a god. He found the end zone. He scored a touchdown. (laughs) He did it. You know, that's how you know the Browns played a bad game, when you let Jacoby (laughs) in the end zone. So... Before that, five straight games of under 10 fantasy points. Ken has basically been his upper bound this year. He had the one touchdown finally. He had two huge target games. It's right about in the mix for him. He's usually around like eight or nine. So it's close here, but that would be a fourth edition. So we're going under, 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 under. Look, I wanted to play Ramonde Stevenson overs, but there are no lines yet. Uh, But if you're playing this Thursday, that might be changed by then if we've got some news. So if Damian Harris is out, I like Ramonde Stevenson to have, you know, a nice game running the ball well. But otherwise, Kyle Pitts under receiving yards and fantasy points. Mac Jones under passing yards. Jacoby Myers under in fantasy points. Let's root against humanity and win some money. I really like these. To your point, uh, actually, I do a prize pick segment on month or recorded on Mondays and that it gets released on Tuesdays for all the quarterback plays that I like on prize picks. And I also went under on Mac Jones passing yards. It's I've just been riding that. That's been like four straight weeks that I have been riding that one. And it's just like they put up, a, they, they can put up a ton of points, but Mac Jones never puts up a lot of yards. I mean, even last game, they tacked on like 45 points against the Browns, three touchdowns, but Mac Jones had low 200s for passing yards, I think. So it was certainly not impressive. Um, I mean, yeah, to your point, he he is a good system quarterback and he's doing really well with the cards he's being dealt. He doesn't have a ton of crazy, crazy good weapons there. So they're making it work and they're making it work with the rushing. Um, love Ramondre Stevenson. He's definitely a guy that I feel like is going to have a role in this offense no matter what. Like, even when Damian Harris is totally healthy, I think he's a guy, as long as he doesn't miss, like, a team meeting or wear the wrong color. To <laughs> yeah, you never, know what, you never know what's about with that. <laughs> you, you definitely never know. And then, yeah, I like the Kyle Pitts unders uh, as much as it pains me because we just know what Bill Belichick does really well. Well, he does a lot of things really well. He shuts down rookie quarterbacks really well, but he also knows how to take away someone's best weapon. And unfortunately for the Falcons, they don't have a ton of weapons to you know, fixate on. So it feels like he's going to be the natural one to take away. So, and by the way, bold that you said Ryan almost made the top 10 or did make the top 10? Uh, he was, he was my number 11. I put Matt Stafford in just because it felt weird to leave Matt Stafford out. And then the next night, Matt Stafford <laughs> made me really wish I left him out. So I, you know what? I'm switching it. Matt Ryan, you're number 10 now. Congratulations, buddy. That is bold after last game, but I know, just just a flip, hopefully. <laughs> All right, um, do you want to just remind everyone what the four that you like are before you wrap this up? Yes, so Kyle Pitts under 52 and a half receiving yards and under 12 fantasy points. Mac Jones under 235 and a half passing yards. Kobe Myers under 10 fantasy points. Let's get some unders. 
All right, that'll do it for our elite entry for Thursday Night Football. As a reminder, you can mix and match fantasy points like Brandon did and player props to make your lineups super spicy. Also, prize fix markets move, so you will want to be nimble to lock in the best numbers. If you haven't created a prize fix account yet, please check the link in our episode description because prize fix has a special offer for Fantasy Flex listeners. They will match your first deposit up to $100. Just click the link in our episode description or visit prizefix.com and use promo code ACTION10. All right, let us just keep it moving here with the last two questions on our, on our mailbag episode. Tongue title. All right. Finally, we have come to our Cam Newton questions. Cam is back. He's back, baby. Let's go, Cam Newton. From Rob. Rob wants to know, is Cam Newton a smash start this week against Washington? Most points allowed to quarterbacks, or do we need a little more time before we start to trust him in lineups? So what do you think? Is he a smash start? What is a smash start? Yeah, it kind of depends what you mean by a smash star. I feel really good about him if you're thinking about him as a high-end QB2. Uh, if you're streaming quarterbacks, he is the best streamer, I think, this week. He definitely has QB1 upside. Now, that said, I'm not necessarily going to start him over someone like Joe Burrow, uh, but I would trust him in my lineup, and maybe that's silly maybe that's premature but as you mentioned washington is horrendous against quarterbacks uh i think they they have allowed the most points to quarterbacks this season in terms of fantasy points and they just lost their best pass rusher chase young for the year rip because i love that guy so uh yeah i I don't think this is i don't think it's crazy to to put him in your lineups and i don't think it's premature i love what we saw i know that that could have been a little bit you know just unexpected type stuff, but also they're going to have a lot of design runs for him and packages at the goal line. So he gives you that safe floor. We talked about that. Um, so yeah, uh, as smash starty as I can, as I can go right now. Yeah, smash starty, all the new rage that I think that one's going to show up at the, the word of the uh, year coming up. So <laughs> yeah, I, I am smash starting Cam Newton this week. And until further notice, I, I'm all in on Cam from fancy standpoint. Uh, I, on my top 10 list, I was like, is Cam Newton? Could he get onto the list? It's a little too far too soon. The guy was eating cereal like me a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> but here's the thing with Cam Newton. In fantasy football, Cam is a superstar. He always has been. When he's healthy and out there, you play Cam Newton. So five seasons in his career, Cam Newton has been healthy the entire year and like fully healthy. In those seasons, he finished as QB3, QB4. QB3, QB1, and QB2. Those are pretty good numbers, right? Those are all top four. I like to have a top four fancy quarterback. So yes, the last one was 2017. It's been a while, but he was good last year for a few games until he got COVID. And obviously, like we know that that has really turned things aside for people. So I, I feel good about it, especially against Washington. I'm not afraid to put him out there. He would be a guy like obviously pick him off waivers. If some reason he's still on waivers in your league, shame on you. If he's still on waivers in your league, but go get him now. He would be a guy I would trade for like in the Jalen hurts mold of like, I need a quarterback. Who can I go get? I would definitely try to get him just because he's not going to cost that much. Somebody literally just picked him up off of waivers. So I think that there's a lot of ways that go badly, of course, but if it goes well in fantasy, Cam Newton, I think, could be a league winner down the stretch. Do you think that he has league winner potential? I do. I actually said that on the waivers podcast on Monday with Chris and Sean, that he could definitely be a league winner. I'm super excited and Cam We Trust for 
fantasy for sure. And, uh, you know, maybe pumping the brakes a little bit for actual football, but you know what? No one can be worse than Sam Darnold. So, uh, so I am, I'm just going full send on him. Do you think Tim Boyle is worse than Sam Darnold? I mean, Tim Boyle has like not been active, active for the whole season, (laughs) but, uh, I I, like, don't even know who this guy is. Like apparently he's out playing Tim, uh, David Blau. So, I mean, he's got to be, he has a pulse. Like he plays quarterback. Uh, He could probably be better than Sam Darnold. Had you heard of Tim Boyle before like five hours ago? I had not. So it's fair if you have not. No, I had not. So I I definitely felt dumb. I don't even know where he went to college. I don't know if he's like, I don't need to know. Did he go to college? Like, (laughs) is he actually an accountant that they're just like, it's the lines, guys. This doesn't really matter. Let's not bring the salary cap. Just bring old Tim. Tim, put the books away. We got a quarterback job for you. All right. Tim played college ball at UConn in Eastern Kentucky. He was in the 2018 draft class, but went undrafted and was previously with the Green Bay Packers. Did not even know that. Um, and then joined the Lions this year. So that is all you need to know about Tim Boyle, our accountant. Yeah, that, that's all I need to know as a Vikings fan. I knew I didn't like this guy. He's a Lion and a Packer. I'm out. Tim Boyle, I'm done with you. <laughs> Tim Boyle's grandma, goodbye. We're done with Tim Boyle. <laughs> all right. We got one more question here. Another Cam Newton question. This question is from Mark with a C. What do you think about Mark with a C? Are you, are you down with Mark with a C or do you prefer Mark with a K? I prefer Mark with a C. I like that. Okay. I like alternate spellings of names. Yeah. I, like I that. mean, it'll that definitely was- like ruin my, like if I have kids, they're going to be really annoyed because there's never going to be the keychain at the museum with their name <laughs> on it because it's going to be like spelled with an H at the end or something like, uh, but no, I, I do. I do like this. All right. Well, so that was not Mark's question. He had a fancy question as well. So Mark with a C asks, will Cam Newton make Robbie Anderson irrelevant again? No, I, I don't want to fall for the Robbie Anderson honeypot. I actually, I know that Sean and Chris really like the guy, though. I think they really like him for like best ball formats. Of course, he looked yeah. passable in week 10, but he's just not reliable. And he wasn't even reliable when Sam Darnold was doing well. Like, I just think that was kind of a, a little bit of a blip. DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey are the only Panthers that I feel comfortable rostering and starting aside from Newton uh, and DJ Moore has been dicey, but that said, I think he's, he's got a much better situation now that Kim Newton's there. So Anderson's going to have good weeks, but like, I don't feel bad having like if Anderson has a good week on someone else's team or like has a good week on the waiver wire, he's not a guy that I'm like, Oh dang, I really should have picked him up. So uh, unfortunately, no, I don't think he's going to make Robbie Anderson great again. Yeah, you talked before about like the terrible feeling when you cut someone and then immediately they get picked up. Every now and then there are those Robbie Andersons that are like just like stink bombs. And you're like, you know, this is not working out well for me. My opponent needs a receiver this week. Maybe a little entrapment here. And you just cut Robbie Anderson out on the waiver wire just to see what happens. And then they get picked up against you. And you're like, ha I got them right where I want them. So, yeah, I think. You can work in your favor. You can do a little entrapment cutting every now and then. You got to you gotta play 3D chess with all parts of your fantasy football leagues. Sorry, my fellow Anderson, Robbie, I don't think it's happening for you. So uh, here's my corollary to this question. I don't think Robbie's going to bounce back. Are you worried 
at all about Christian McCaffrey's value with Cam Newton, because we know how Cam steals those goal line touchdowns. Are you worried? Obviously, McCaffrey, he's the guy. He's number one. He's back. He's healthy. Do you have any concerns there as a, as a Panthers fan and a fantasy expert on CMC? No, I don't really have any major concerns because it's one of those things that like, yeah, he might take away some goal line carries, but he also just helps the offense overall and will keep the offense at least on the field a little more, I think, than Sam Darnold was. So I think that it's one of those things that probably like cancels itself out. And we've seen McCaffrey have amazing years with Cam Newton. So I'm not necessarily concerned. And I think they'll both be fine for fantasy. All right. Well, that, that is a wrap on our Cam Newton special. So be, before we let you go, I asked Samantha if we could, we want to thank some of our readers, especially next week, of course, is Thanksgiving. This podcast comes out on Thursdays. So we are off for the mailbag next week. No Thursday episode on Thanksgiving. So in the spirit of Thanksgiving, I just wanted to especially thank everybody named Ryan. So Ryan, we love you. Ryan fills up our mailbag. Here are the Ryans that I thought of that I wanted to thank that I assume all of whom are listening to our podcast and the ones sending in the questions every week. So thank you, Ryan Gosling. Of course, Ryan Gosling, we know that you're listening. Thank you to Ryan. Thank you, Ryan Adams, Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Felipe, Ryan Sandberg, Ryan Rosillo. Thank you all for listening. We love you guys. Ryan Fitzpatrick and Ryan Panahill, Matt Ryan, a lot of good Ryan quarterbacks. Yeah, maybe in that like 10 to 15 range quarterbacks. We like you. Ryan Leaf, you never quite made it there. Thank you to Ryan Gosling. Again, we really like Ryan Gosling. Thank you, Ryan Lochte, Ryan Giggs, Ryan Seacrest. Thank you, Meg Ryan. Thank you, Ryan Howard from the Phillies. Thank you, Ryan Howard from the office. Thank you, Ryan Newman. Thank you, Ryan Gosling. Again, thank you, Ryan Gosling's grandma from the NBA. Thank you, Ryan Anderson, Ryan Saunders, Ryan Archie Diakono, Ryan McDonough. Thank you, Ryan from the OC. Thank you, Ryan Dempster, Ryan Longwell. Thank you, D'Amico Ryans. Thank you, people named Brian, who are really just Ryan with a B. And last but not least, thank you, Ryan Gosling. We appreciate you, Ryan. Did you just Google like every person that's fa- like famous or do you just do this from memory? Because that will be impressive. I, uh, I Googled a few of them. I did most of them by memory. And uh, Google actually failed me. I had to come up with a few of these that Google wasn't wasn't coming up with. But, you know, there are a lot of Ryans out there. They all listen to our podcast and probably all their grandmothers do, too. So we appreciate them. We appreciate, of course, all of our listeners who are not named Ryan. But for holidays, for Thanksgiving, since we appreciate you so much, we're going to call you Ryan, too, just because we like you that much. Well, yes, we are very, very appreciative to all of our listeners. And I hope you guys have an awesome Thanksgiving. We are taking a little break just one week. All right. That'll do it for this mailbag episode. As a reminder, Sean Kerner and Chris Raybon are here on the Fantasy Flex every Monday, Wednesday and Friday, giving you guys all the DFS waiver wire, waiver wire and rankings info to help you dominate your fantasy leagues. I will be back in two Tuesdays from now with another round of 21 questions with special guest Nick Costos. The guy is literally fire. Like he's hilarious. He is mostly a betting guy, but he is plugged into all things NFL. So I'm super, super excited to talk to him. We will be back in two Thursdays from now with another mailbag episode. 
So don't forget, please send us an email by questions to mailbag at actionnetwork.com. Thanks again for listening. Please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. Download us wherever you like to listen, and we will see you next time on the Fantasy Flex presented by Prize Picks. Peace out, y'all.